Welcome, welcome, welcome to Glass Onion Radio, the show. I am your host, Thomas Gill. Unfortunately this week, Johnny is off working. He's uh, spending some significant time doing some landscaping, so he won't be here to run the board. Instead, uh, it'll just be me. However, I was able to procure some special guests. Sean and Vanessa Jansen were friends of mine and, and Johnny's in high school, who recently returned from a seven-month stay in the Dominican Republic. They were there through a church group to teach the local children English and have a lot of stories to tell about their their adventures there, along with their trip to Haiti shortly after the disaster there. So sit back, relax, enjoy this uh, little piece of music, and we'll be back to do the news and talk with Sean and Vanessa. Remember, you're listening to Glass Onion Radio at glassonyradio.com. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer Take second best, put me to the test Things on your chest, you need to confess I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own Personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone to care Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith 
reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith well, And we're back. Glass Indian Radio, the show. Just a reminder to everyone that uh, we are still uh, working on rearranging the schedule for June since it is going to be kind of a weird month. We can't do our normal back and forth because, of course, what usually conflicts will conflict in back-to-back days instead of back-to-back weeks. So keep an eye out on the website, glassandreader.com, to get all that information. But here we are with the uh, the news of the day. Apparently they've been having some issues with that cap they put on the uh, oil uh, spill in the Gulf of Mexico because it's too cold at the bottom of the Gulf. The the pressure and the and the temperature just got to it and it filled up with ice crystals. So they're trying to find another way of capping that while a Ferndale company from, uh, uh, actually they use, uh, make items out of paper pulp have come up with a ingenious solution to actually clump the oil together and sink it back to the bottom where it will just degrade normally. So they're really trying to hope, they're hoping to get government help in doing that, but so far it hasn't been good. A uh, story actually from this weekend, a uh, woman in New York whose husband has been deployed to Iraq for about the last six months claims she was impregnated by a 3D porn movie. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. It's huh. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The, the funniest thing is her husband actually believes her. What? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the logic in this? I'm wondering if he's just, you know, a tech geek and thinks those are some really, really impressive special effects. Well, actually, the quote he had was that with the way that technology is going, it wouldn't surprise him if it was possible. Which also leads to uh, apparently Playboy is going to be putting out a 3D edition this next month. And it's going to be co-sponsored by HBO as they're going to use it as a vehicle to to uh, advertise their show, True Blood, which is like porn and vampires all in one. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the producer that was trying to blackmail David Letterman is actually being sentenced to jail. Going to be about sixty days, plus have to pay restitution, and then be on probation for at least two years. So he's Getting what he deserves for trying to ruin a famous celebrity. Mm-hmm. The uh, the police still stand behind the security guard who tasered the Phillies fan a couple of weeks ago. So, eighteen year old kid jumped out of the stands at uh, was it Citizens Ballpark? I think is their new stadium in Philly. Yeah, yeah. and so he jumped out on the field, was running across the field, and started running in circles. And the security guard couldn't catch up with him. None of them could. So they, one of them just finally stopped, pulled out the taser, and tased him. Hopefully this will teach him to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to tell the kid, once, once you uh, make that leap over the fence, anything can happen. You're fair game for 
anything and everything. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing what some people think they can get away with out there. According to coroner reports, Corey Haim died of pneumonia, not of a not of a drug overdose as was originally reported. Uh, he also said that probably due to drug use, though, he had an enlarged heart and uh, very bad lungs. So remember, kids, don't do drugs unless you're in the Netherlands. <laughs> Uh, it looks like a woman is not going to be charged as of yet uh, with with um, a hit and run by hitting a guy in Massachusetts whose legal name is the Lord Jesus Christ. It, yeah, he's a fifty-year-old guy whose whose legal name is Lord Jesus Christ, and it took police officers about six hours to even believe him because they had to look him up through three different computer systems because they didn't believe the first two. Probably pretty tough for him to order pizza as well. Yes, yes. Well, unless they actually know him to some degree. I mean, in this... You've got to become a regular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that actually uh, prompted an article in the New York Times this weekend um, one by just a, a contributing... Um, was a reader, just kind of like the editorials, but they actually have like full-blown articles instead of just your opinion pieces. And the guy basically brought it down to, you're not doing your kid any favors by giving them a name that is misspelt. And the real the, the name he really latched, latched onto was Brittany. Because... Well, there's, yeah, there's because, 30 well, different varieties at least. Well, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, is an actual place in France. Mm-hmm. B-R-I-T-N-E-Y is the Anglicization of that. So it's kind of the way the English take the way it sounds and re-spell it. Anything else is complete blasphemy. But he, but I'm, he said that he's found people with like B-R-I-T apostrophe N-E-Y. Or, B- or B-R-I-T-N-Y. And so it's... I actually those... had a stepsister, B-R-I-T-T-N-I, mm-hmm. which... That's yeah, another well, that, and that's one of the things he brought up was like the Y and I are not interchangeable, regardless of what Kyrgyzstan wants to do. You can't just change out an I and a Y. So I'll tell that to uh, some of the students I had down in the Dominican. Yeah, they, this they interchange I's and Y's, J's and Y's, H A P P I, H I P P I. Well, to them, for somewhere along the line. Uh, birthdays got translated as happy days. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you get H-A-P-P-I yeah. day. Well, it would work. Cards. <laughs> but thought that counts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you were actually saying, because uh, we went to the ball game this weekend, the Mariners game. Fortunately, the, unfortunately, the one they lost in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they all lost them all but one, so <laughs> that's not really a surprise. Uh, but you were ta- talking about Sh- uh, Sean Figgins. Yeah. C-H-O-N-E and... You thought he was weird until you actually found the kids down there were spelling your name that way. uh, Well, the the pronunciation of Sean um, down there is pretty unheard of to begin with. So just to pronounce it was strange. Um, Chome was actually the the most common pronunciation Mm -hmm. I got. Besides maybe John. You know, most had heard the the name John. But it was also the most endearing to uh, Vanessa as well, Chome. Yeah. (laughs) Because all the little kids call them chum. Yeah, uh, I get notes from kids. C C H O N C H O M. 
and uh, <laughs> C-H-O-N-E, just like Sean Figgins. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and John, the, the other common mispronunciation of my name, um, is spelled to them in a wide variety of ways, too. J-H-O-N-N mm-hmm. is the most common. For some reason, H's go before O's. That's a Spanish rule I wasn't aware of, but... Hmm. <laughs> you don't deal with many J, H, or O combinations in that language. Anyway. No, no. Everything seems to start with an H, and then you don't pronounce it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, an H <laughs> that you just might as well pretend isn't even there. Yes, yes. Well, and that, that actually, um, you brought up John, and I mean, I was, I spend way too much time on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. primarily because I'm sitting at my desk most of the time and have nothing better to do. Well, Are your I, employers listening to this program? Oh, they, they, oh okay. they know. Because <laughs> I, I end up spouting whatever I learned to them at some point. But I was going through it one day and found that about 80% of my friends on Facebook are all named a variation of John, including mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, it's the common John, I mean, Ivan, Evan, Juan. Ian. I'm, I was like, oh... That's just kind of scary. <laughs> and, well, and, and while I was doing that same sort of research, as what I like to use the euphemism for doing all mm-hmm. that, I found that I've got several friends who are name, whose name is John, J-O-N, and found that has actually no relation to John, J-O-H-N. Huh. It's actually from Nathan, which is actually from Jonathan. And, and Jonathan to, has nothing to do with John. Yeah, I've tried to tell people that too because one of the most annoying sort of nicknames I, I had growing up uh, was every now and then somebody would take the name Sean and be like, oh, Sean, kind of like John. You can turn John into Jonathan. Seanathan. <laughs> and you try, to, you try to explain what you just explained, you know, logically oh, yeah. to somebody. You, no, yeah, that you, just gets them going more. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> well, actually, that, that actually got to me because um, in college, I had, I three different times had roommates also named Thomas, and they'd wow. usually go by Tom, and of course, everyone wants to call me Tom too. Tommy so boy, it got to the point where I actually name. just said, "Okay, screw it." Tom T H O M. That's me. No H, not me. So you do you did uh, win a prize at, at trivia night at Mike's place uh, oh, yeah. this last Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I got third place this week. And two weeks ago, which was the last time they had it, I got first. So mm. Yeah. Okay, I, as we were pulling into our parking space, uh, our first trip to Langley since we've been back this <laughs> week, uh that was the first thing that stared me right in the eye was the trivia <laughs> trivia sheet uh, results and I saw T H O M and I had a hunch. Yeah. So Yeah, it's mm. Congrats. Yeah, well, the problem was is that there were at least two people who always uh, would like to rag on me. I would always say, Thom, Thom. It's like, <laughs> yeah. The H is silent when it's a full name. It's the H is silent when it's a short name. Yeah. They like to say scene for Sean. Yeah. Once they see it in print. Yeah, that one actually might like, bother me even more than Seanathan. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back Shawnee. longer. Well, and, and, and I... I've got several friends overseas, uh, actually primarily in the British Isles, who are named Sean, and I've seen it in like five different spellings. S H A W N, S H A U N, S H E A N, S H E A W N, and then just S E A N. All of which make a lot more sense than C H O N E. Yes. So. Well, yes, because of course to us, C H is ch, mm-hmm. whereas in many other cultures it's a shush. They don't have the S H combination we have. Mm-hmm. Or the thuth, <laughs> so they don't have th combinations either. But 
Yeah, that was that was one of those interesting things I've found over the last six or eight months. Just spending time on Wikipedia, working, trying to figure out how best to uh, use my brain for good and evil. <laughs> well, I gotta admit, I did did a fair amount of that sort of. Uh, researcher work before, but uh, when you're a reporter, I think you can justify looking at just about anything on the internet as background research for some kind of a story. Oh, yeah. That, that's, it doesn't that, have to be a story you're assigned. It can be a story you, you you just make up that maybe you're thinking about doing someday. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I did That's what I did in college, I mean, as a, as a writer in college, and I just read something on the internet, write an article about it, and put it in, and 90% of the time it was either about, it was usually about Apple stuff, but that's just because that's the places I was going most of the time. But I think we had like two or three different people who actually that's all they did. They just read something and they they would write 4,000, 5,000 word articles on whatever it was they read about. And we just had to start saying, no, you can't be putting that stuff in anymore. You've got keyboard diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's always something you got to watch out for, too. But, ah, uh, but. Sounds like you guys had a lot of fun down there. There was there were fun times, there were good times, there were bad That's, times. Uh, the biggest thing I think is is right off the bat just adjusting to it being a lot a lot bigger challenge um, than I had originally expected. I I think um, the way we got down there it was just a call that came out of the blue. We loved traveling, wanted to do a little bit more, and this seemed like an, an awesome opportunity to serve. Um, and travel at the same time, but then um, just things that uh, hadn't really taken into account, like um, when they told me power outages were going to be common down there, <laughs> I was thinking, okay, I come from Whidbey Island, you know, power outages are fairly common up here, but not uh, not of the every six hours or so your power goes off and then it's on for six hours or so. Just roughly speaking, not of that kind of variety. I didn't know it was going to be a daily thing. So <laughs> that was uh, that was one early adjustment that we had to make. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, did you guys have to? I mean, you guys obviously know a little bit of Spanish before you guys went down there. But I mean, was there any difficulty? Yes, thanks, communi- Mrs. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think without Jenny, I wouldn't be able to get around even even through Michigan most of the time. <laughs> you just go through the se- sections of Michigan; it's all Spanish. And it's like, oh. Rap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for 15 years of solid Spanish. Just, Most of it useless anymore, but... Yeah, just to, to have a solid enough background to get by in situations when you have to is, is really key. But was there any sort of issue, I mean, any sort of difficulty understanding them because they had some sort of different dialect or... Well, or, yeah, the the, <laughs> the key thing about Dominicans, and, and it's common through other areas of the Caribbean as well, is leaving off S's at the end of words. So Buenos Dias becomes, well, Buena Dia, but actually cut off the uh in this particular case. Buen Dia. Buen Dia. We learned to say Buen Dia, not Buenos Dias. <laughs> and um, and it, it really, it's kind of like America too. The the further you go out into the countryside, the, the uh, rougher the accents get and the more difficult it is to understand people now. I guess fortunately for us, we were in the capital, which theoretically should should be the easiest transition. But if that's the case, man, if you would have thrown me out into the backwoods the entire time, 
it would have been hopeless. I don't know if I would have learned anything or if I would have learned to understand anyone, either that or I, by the time I left, I would have understood everything mm. because <laughs> anyone speaking a, a slightly pure form of Spanish would have been a godsend at that point in time. So it, it's, it sounds almost like going to Quebec, if you know any French. Mm-hmm. And they just... they It's gotten to the point, I know people who, they study French through school here. They go to Quebec and they're like, what the hell languages that these people are speaking? <laughs> it's is, not yeah. French. <laughs> I mean, instead of saying "we," oui, they say "what," yeah. and they—it's—it's it's just weird like that. But I, I know, I know the sort of thing. I mean, in my—I've—I've I've been all across this country, and I know what you mean with our language. Yeah. Well, yeah, you start to wonder, like, uh, either what are these people speaking, or what were they teaching me in those classes <laughs> I was in? Because there's uh, there's a mix-up here. These are not one and the same. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we're we're going to take another break, and we'll come back and talk some more. See what else you guys have, and uh, do a little more uh, tech. Do, do some tech talk because it's uh, my bailiwick. So, but right now we got uh, just a little music, and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
Welcome to our cube. Welcome to your fate. Never to no fear. Never to no hate. Never to no joy. Never to no pain. Never to no doubt. Never know your name. No. And we're back, Glass Onion Radio, the show. Remember, glassonionradio at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of us for any questions, comments, clarifications, or kvetches. So we've got a little bit of tech news. We'll do some more uh, discussion with John and Vanessa about their recent experience down in uh, down on the island of Hispaniola, which if anyone uh, is a history buff, that is the place that Columbus first landed in North America. Because he actually never found North America until about 1509. So, well, in the uh, in tech news, Nintendo has uh, started selling a newer version of the Wii. They haven't actually changed any of the hardware of it, but they are selling it both in black and white versions with Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resorts, and the new uh, Super Sensor they have for their their Wii Motion Plus. So for anybody who uh, hasn't had a Wii yet, that's probably the the one you want to get if you find it in the store. I mean, one ninety nine is certainly not a bad price to pay for something that gets you off your butt most of the time. 
my uh, parents got one for got one for me for Christmas, and I think my dad's actually played it more t- more than I have. And he's always he's always standing up playing. He never sits down to play it. So he actually doesn't see the logic in sitting down to play it. So, <laughs> but I'm I end up uh, using the stationary bike and I'm playing uh, like Mario side scrolling and stuff. So it works. Yeah, Nintendo out well. games have been getting people up off their butts for for 20 years it was just about you know an 18 year break oh yeah had the, the track for the nes yep, uh, track and system. field well and there was a special version of track and field um that was actually bundled with assist with the original nintendo at one point mm-hmm. that actually had a mario and duck hunt included and in the mario game you could actually play it with the pad with mm-hmm. the big floor mat so and i mean there's been other games that got people up like dance dance revolution but I mean, this is the first one I think that everything you're doing something physical. So mm-hmm. it's been an interesting little ride, and it looks like they've uh, they've destroyed Sony. They probably will destroy Nintendo next generation, and they're now saying that Apple's their uh, who they're keeping an eye on. Mm. But that's primarily for the for the DS because they're seeing the iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch is a competitor to the DS. With all the apps. With all the thousands of apps at much cheaper prices than the cartridges or the chips. The only problem is, is the new Nintendo DS, which they've all but confirmed now, will actually be 3D. You won't need the glasses, but because, I mean, it's kind of a fixed, you have a fixed focal point when you're playing those those little handhelds. There, It'll all be integrated into the screens. It'll still be touch-sensitive. Um, there has been a rumor that there might be uh, stereoscopic cameras on it so that not only would you be able to touch the screen and move stuff around, but kind of like the um, the new PlayStation Wii competitor thing they've got for the PS3, that they'll, you'll be able to just kind of put your finger inside of the wherever the 3D box is and move stuff around and the camera will follow it and figure it out. So it'll be certainly be interesting to see what they uh, what they can come up with that and it might be a new new lease on life for Nintendo handhelds. I mean, mm-hmm. 20 years since Game Boy, and we're still going strong. <laughs> but it uh, actually, talking about that, looks like Apple has sold over a million iPads, which is amazing considering they've only been available in the U.S., and uh, they're 500 to $800. So... And they're coming out overseas, uh, primarily in Europe, starting the 28th. They'll be out in Japan in June. And un- unlike the other ones, the U.S. and European ones, the 3G version where you can use over the cellular network will actually be locked into a single carrier, but that's so that you can buy it subsidized. So you spend like 100 bucks on it, and then you have to use it for two years, and that'll pay it off just like with most cell phone systems. So. Which kind of goes against what Apple originally said, but it's a much more common practice in Japan. And In fact, most of the time in Japan, if you buy a cell phone from one provider, that yeah, phone's for that provider for life. There's no way to get it off that provider. Wow. Whereas in Europe, in fact, if you, if you complete your contract, you can go into the store, and by law they have to unlock your handset so you can take it to another carrier if you want. Or you can pay a fee, much like the early termination fee we have in the U.S., mm-hmm. and take the phone to another carrier. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't really work for the iPhone for two reasons. One, because of the exclusivity contract that Apple signed with AT&T, just because 
they needed somebody to back them up to do the original iPhone. That was the only way they could get it done. But um, also because while we do have four carriers, only two use the same technology. And of those two, only one actually operates in a internationally recognized frequency. So that's why everything's still on AT&T. So I mean, a lot of people, everyone wants, well, why can't we have it on T-Mobile? Because T-Mobile is using the old, uh, the old weather system frequency of 1700 megahertz not doesn't work anywhere else in the world so uh, it looks like that a new a new apple intel kind of co-invention called lightpeak which will be allowed to transfer data from computers to other devices and in fact the idea is to have it be kind of the new usb except replace everything so usb firewire your monitor cables sound cables, everything will all go through one type of connector. And it's supposed to be have a speed right now of about 10 gigabits, which is oh, roughly on par with about 100 times faster than most DSL customers get, if not more. Actually, actually no, it's probably more around 1,000 times faster than most DSL customers. <laughs> what they actually get as opposed to what it's advertised. Well, I mean, if they advertise it at 10 megabits... This is this is a ten gigabit, so yeah, it's a thousandfold faster. So definitely a, an interesting development there. There's actually been rumors that there will be the first systems to actually be able to use this will be coming out by the end of next year. So we might have a whole new technical revolution. <laughs> Sounds kind of neat, except for all all you're saying to me right now is it means buying a whole bunch of new stuff. Well, th- this is true, but. With any, oh, I go through this every time. Though we went from oh, yeah. cassettes to CDs to MP3s, I gotta buy it. <laughs> you gotta buy it all yeah, over again. And I was obsolete five years ago. <sighs> we still haven't done the MP3, really. I was gonna say, I to be honest, I didn't buy my first CD till freshman year of high school. Wow. And and the funniest thing about that was, I bought the CD. I didn't own a CD player. <laughs> I was I was probably about there with CDs. I bought my first cassettes. In sixth grade, when I probably should have started buying CDs, so mm-hmm. I was reluct- reluctant to uh, to make the switch. And yeah, it might have been about freshman year in high school. Well, I see, I didn't even have a CD player in my computer. <laughs> oh, I didn't. My computer, my at the time, my computer was uh, was from 1989, nice. so it was still running Windows 3.1. So it was it was old. Wow, in middle school is when I uh, went through the whole CD sa- stage. And I uh, would sign up at Columbia House on different names and get free CDs. <laughs> Weren't you still doing that about the time we started dating? No, they just caught me by the time oh, okay. we started dating. So I started, uh, yeah, you owe us $100 and we're going to give you five more discs. Yeah. I, like, no. yeah I, I actually have friends who still do the Columbia House thing. But I didn't even know that was still out. There. Yeah, it's yeah. still it's still out there, but it's like it's now instead of like fifteen CDs for a penny, and then you have to buy three more over three years. It's like fifteen for a penny, and then they have to buy one. Oh gosh! <laughs> so, but you have to buy it at full price. You have to buy it for the fifteen ninety nine or whatever the heck they're selling it for. Yeah. But I mean, iTunes is kind of iTunes Rhapsody. They're all kind of replacing all that mm-hmm. stuff and. I mean, we're not really helping in that regard. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, really, who finds a CD that they like every single song from? This is true. I mean, actually, to be honest, I personally only own 
I think maybe three or four music CDs. Yeah. Uh, one of which is the theme song, is the the sound. Well, not the soundtrack. They, they called it the album because nothing actually in the on the CD comes from the movie, but it's from Indi- or uh, Men in Black. I got that, which I mean, at the time I got it, there were only three songs I even liked. Now it's more like a dozen out of the 14. Some of them have grown on you. Well, they've grown on me because I've grown as a person in, in my music taste. I mean, prior to 1999, all I ever listened to was uh, oldies and country music. So, Which that's, I can blame Kiss 106 for changing that. <laughs> oh, they sponsored a trivia thing for a yearbook and or something like that and had a big contest down in the commons. And I was like, you know... They're willing to. They're willing to give us some prizes. I'm willing to try out their music. So, fair trade off. Oh yeah. Your horizon. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, then some. Then sometimes it shrinks right back down because I stopped listening to the radio about three years ago. Yeah. Except, 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 except for yes. except for talk radio. I mean, that's because for me driving cross country, talk radio is the only thing that kept me awake. Yeah. I tried listening to. I tried listening to my MP3 player, my iPod, at, with different music, and just <laughs> not very good when you're driving 75 miles an hour across the interstate. And so, ended up uh, actually picking up a radio show out of Portland, Rick Emerson show, and putting it on my iPod. And I would put about three work, three weeks worth of episodes on there, be just about enough to get across country <laughs> in yeah. four or five days. So. Uh, right now, it actually looks like uh, Adobe is trying to uh, get some sort of antitrust investigation against Apple because of what they've been doing with the iPad and the iPhone, not allowing Adobe to put their software on there. Uh, they're saying it's a monopoly on the on the technology. The problem with that is that Adobe in its, of itself is a monopoly. Mm-hmm. So I think they're pointing fingers at at person A when they're just as guilty. So. Pot calling the kettle black sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Adobe wants to be able to put Flash on all on all systems. Well, 90% of the reasons people have computer problems anymore is Flash. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also not very not very friendly to battery devices. So, I mean... So my brother sure loves making YouTube videos with it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is with videos, the nice thing is is that about two years ago, they got a new standard for how to put, excuse me, to put video on the internet. It's called HTML5, and it actually redefines like the whole way to build web pages and everything. And with that, you can do you can embed audio and video without any issue, and you don't need any plugin, so you don't need Flash or anything else. Even you don't even need QuickTime, and that's what Apple's kind of been pushing. Is this is an open standard? This is something we've all agreed on, so let's start using it. And apparently a lot of companies are actually following suit. I mean, the New York Times has gone all uh, HTML5. Netflix has said by the end of this year they'll be entirely HTML5. Uh, same thing for uh, ABC. A- ABC's doing their web content. They're actually going to keep Flash for, for most people but have HTML5 available. And CBS is going all HTML5, so... And it also looks like it's a lot cheaper because you don't have to license any of the technology to use it. So yeah. it's going to be nice. Um, but there have but the big issue that Adobe brought up is they created a program for their for for their users 
to be able to write programs in Flash and then save them as iPhone compatible files, Android files, I mean, all, for all different platforms for cell phones. And Apple already has already said that when their next operating system comes out in June, that's going to not be allowed because you have to use uh, one of three main program, programming languages, I mean, C, C++, or C Sharp, to do your programming because those are open source. I mean, C Sharp was developed by Microsoft, but it's still... I mean, it's still open source because it's all based off the same code. And it's going to be uh, interesting because the reasoning behind that has supposedly been because of they want to do things like multitasking and that sort of stuff, which you can't do with when you don't know how the code's going to react. So, I mean, we'll have to see how that all comes out, which we'll see in, in June because that's when we're going to have our new iPhones and iPhone OS. So hopefully... Hopefully, I'll be jumping on that bandwagon. I was say we'll you say we. I was going to ask you, <laughs> you meant the proverbial. The, the, we prefer, oh, the, the proverbial we is, is usually how I phrase everything. So, and we all get to we all get to see what's going to happen. We are not all going to participate. What's going to happen? <laughs> so, but I mean that's that's all I've got actually for tech. So, I uh, wanted to actually see what you guys had. If you had any uh, cool information or any. Uh, Maybe tell everyone why you were actually down in the Dominican Republic so they don't just think you were down there on vacation for, for six or eight months. <laughs> no, if we were on vacation, we would have been in Punta Cana, not in Tres Ojos, which is a little, um, what do you call it? Suburb? It's a neighborhood. Just neighborhood. A, a residential section of the city. Santo Domingo. Hmm. Well, we just got a call from a kind of a long-lost friend. Um, he pastors a church in Benton, Wisconsin, which is just this little little teeny town in um, kind of by the Illinois, Illinois Iowa border. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, hey, Vanessa, you know, you're bored with your job, right? And I was working at a car wash, so yes, I was bored of my job. Um, and he said, well, we have an opportunity for you to teach English down at a little colegio, which is just a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately called Sean, and he said, well, see if you can get off the rest of your day of work. And I said, boss, I'm leaving. And we left. <laughs> and then, yeah, shortly after, we decided to go. And two months later, we actually got down there. And got eaten alive by mosquitoes. Uh, spent the whole time. I think this is the first time since we got back. This is the first time I haven't sweat in like a five-hour span. Like I would just wake up sweating. Ooh. Yeah. First warm shower in a while. That's nice. Although when you're sweating, cold showers feel nice. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, everybody... Uh warned us about the heat people we met who had been down there before and it's just another one of the one of one of those things like the uh, electricity where we we uh i don't know i think we just kind of downplayed everything in our minds and just tried mm-hmm. to look only at the positives going down there and so i remember being down in mississippi um doing some other mission work and gosh you know it was hot so i was like oh, how can it be any worse down there well i don't know if it's it's worse but I was in Mississippi for a week. I was in the Dominican <laughs> Republic for nine months. Yeah. So yeah. Just that, that heat, that mugginess day in and day out uh, gets to you. And, um, 
we were down there, um, like Vanessa said, teaching school, and I had kind of built this image in my mind of, okay, you know, it's a private school in, in Latin America, and all the movies, the kids are so well-disciplined, and they've been trained, you know, from a young age to to listen, mm-hmm. to be respectful. Turns out it was a lot more like <laughs> teaching. It, it, just, it was just more of a challenge, and it just took some time to, to adjust because it was more like teaching in any sort of um, public inner-city school in America, only layer on top of their language barrier because uh, uh, I think I might have alluded to before, I took some Spanish in high school, and... I had a little bit of a base to start to start learning from, but I had nothing. <laughs> definitely, definitely wasn't fluent. I wouldn't say, and, um, and and kids play around with you too. You know, if they oh, think yeah. there's any kind of leeway they can take, and if they know you definitely don't speak the language nearly as well as they do, they will jump on that and, huh? I don't understand. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> oh, you understand? Sit down and be quiet. Uh. Well, it sounds like you guys had had some fun down there. Mm-hmm. And you guys miss it to any degree at this point? Yes. Yes. Well, what do you yeah. what What do you really miss about it? I actually miss a lot more than I thought because towards the end, I was just like, I want to go home. Like, I was like four and a half months pregnant at that time, and like, I was just hot, sweaty, tired, sick of people like on the street saying, "Hey, Blondie," except for "Hey, Rubia." Um, like every time I walked, they would try to get my attention, and I was sick of that. And um, I miss the kids. The last day that we taught, they were like on one of their best behaviors, of course. Um, and they just like showered us with cards and pictures and gifts and stuff. And just they they were really sweet. I mean, as a whole, they were sometimes awful but individually they were adorable little kids and i i miss them i miss i miss the church that we went to even though i couldn't understand half of it i do miss it i don't miss the heat or the cold showers well that's that's always a good thing to <laughs> to, to have to have something that to balance out the good yeah you, you always have to deal with that yeah i mean there there was a lot of um frustrations but yeah i think uh and and i was kind of gearing up too for knowing that i don't know i think you you always kind of want what you can't have and so now Mm -hmm. that we're back home uh, more and more of the of the best things about being down there the relationships Mm -hmm. uh the people are the things that uh that i miss the things that you the good things that you start to take for granted um on an everyday basis you really Mm -hmm. um it hits home that it's not there anymore when you can't just uh, open up your door and, and it's there and, and rely upon it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of get that. I mean, I didn't have the experience of going to a foreign country, although I mean, sometimes you think Michigan is a foreign country, <laughs> but I mean, I spent eight years there, and it's it took a lot to to kind of get used to it. Thankfully, I had the ability to go back and forth. I mean, you yeah. guys didn't have that, but I can I can certainly understand a lot of your your frustrations and and all that. So. And, yeah. I, and I know it. I know what it's like to be way too hot. I mean, <laughs> I'm one of these people that uh, even into November most of the time, if I get one, if I have one drink, I've got to open the windows because I just <laughs> instantly just all my capillaries open and everything just gets. Oh my god, it's way too hot in here. <laughs> Which would always frustrate the people I knew who were 
we'd always end up playing poker and have a we'd all have a drink and I'd like I'd be the one over by the window opening the windows freezing everybody else out. <laughs> so I mean that's that's always sure that wasn't just part of your your poker strategy. Or? <laughs> well, it only it only worked twice, so okay. I mean. No. I don't know. I don't know if it was a part of the strategy or it was my tell. Who, who could really tell? <laughs> but um, but when we get back, we'll we'll talk some of your uh, your trip over to Haiti and anything else you guys want to talk about that uh, you think people might be interested in. I mean, it's it's really up to you whether you're uh, what, whatever you're interested in uh, in talking about and sharing with people. But uh, you're of course listening to Glass Any Radio, the show. I am, of course, your host, Thomas Gill. Remember, glassonyradio at gmail.com is the email address. And you can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Glass Onion Radio.
Welcome back to Glass Onion Radio, the show. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, show so far, but I wanted to hear what you guys had to had a, to say about Haiti and what went on. And I mean, I know uh, Vanessa, your parents came down and, mm-hmm. and helped out too. I mean, anything you wanted to share that people haven't heard about, or maybe just your impressions of of the country itself. I mean, even though I mean it's in the middle of. Uh, what could be only described as a layer of hell it's uh always interesting to hear what people have to have to share about those sorts of experiences well we definitely wanted to go to haiti before the earthquake we just that was something that we wanted to travel to before we left the dominican um but our travels went a lot quicker once um the earthquake came we had an opportunity through um a guy named Dirk Small, he came um, on a mission trip to the DR for Operation Christmas Child. And he um, had some connections in Haiti, and his friends really needed food. And so he and his church body raised a whole bunch of money. What was it? 15000 25000 25000 25000 in like three mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bought a huge shipment of food. And we said, you know, if you need us, can we come along? <laughs> and so we got to come along. And so we didn't really do any of the, you know, the legwork, the raising of the food, uh, money or buying of the food or anything. We just kind of tagged along. Um, but uh, I'm really glad we did. We um, met some really awesome people. Um, Schneider was a gentleman that we met that was just incredible. He helped deliver like three of his siblings the first one at like age 13 um and he single-handedly raises uh does he have seven siblings seven Seven siblings and his um he so he supports them because his dad left a long time ago Mm -hmm. he supports them and his uh, mom and he had a visa to go to the u.s but he postponed it to take care of him canada Canada, to um to take care of his family after the earthquake he's just uh he runs a little internet cafe he's just awesome awesome guy and um well the opportunity to be there and to meet him was just just like getting down to the island in the first place and and a lot of things happened while we were down there just a series of of uh being in the right places at the right times and so like vanessa said we um well i mean the the earthquake had hit a couple weeks before we went over there and uh, for a while, we were just feeling like, just kind of help us, you know, like, we're mm-hmm. so close, and we're really glad that we weren't, you know, directly hurt by this, but there's a lot of help needed over there, but we just kind of felt like, well, what can we really do? So, uh, the chance to, to go along for the ride there um, uh, was just just awesome to me. I mean, it it was horrible <laughs> at the same time, but... To go there to be a part of that and and just see firsthand um, just how humanity can be in in such a situation um, you know whether it's the tsunami or some of the flooding that's going on right now in the in the southern United States um, uh, anytime something like this happens um, it, it comes down to to people having to rely on one another and um when we got over there uh you know we were able to be to be somewhat useful mm-hmm. i think you know we helped uh unload a couple big trucks helped um kind of 
and I, I I knew enough Spanish at that point that we had to do some liaisoning between English speakers, mm-hmm. Spanish speakers, French speakers <laughs> to to get everything uh, going in the right directions. And um, I don't know, it just really uh, it brought it home to me that anytime something like this happens and you see it on the news, it's not just a news story. You know, it's something that that impacts a lot of people's lives and it doesn't just go away when the, the stories stop on CNN and Fox and everything. Right. right. Um, I just saw on TV the other night, they were, they were doing a follow up and on, um, what's happening now with, uh, with some orphans that were, um, in a facility down there and, and how things are coming on for four months later. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, the news is, is kind of stopped paying attention. You know, in a lot of cases, I think, to what's going on in, in Haiti right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I, I know that both, I mean, both Haiti and Dominican Republic are not all that well off. I mean, I mean, compared to even some of their neighbors. But, I mean, did you see any sort of big disparity between uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti when you went there? I mean, just in terms of even just basic infrastructure that wasn't destroyed already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, um, for us, we started getting acquainted with Haiti before we ever went over there because the neighborhood we were living in had a lot of Haitian immigrants, and um, we actually were were meeting more Haitians who who spoke um, some English than than Dominicans. Um, schools over there, uh, as limited as they are, do really emphasize um, language. And so, uh, and because a lot of Haitians immigrate to the Dominican, they probably learn Spanish mm-hmm. first off, besides their native uh, Creole and French, and then English becomes a, a pretty big uh, next, you know, next one to pick up. <clears throat> and so we were we were getting um, an introduction to to them, to their culture, but especially seeing the way Dominicans and Haitians interacted. And there's just there's centuries of of bad blood there, mm-hmm. and. Um, Thank you, French. <laughs> yeah, getting uh, and then Haitians come over to the Dominican because, as as poor of a country as the Dominican Republic is, the average income is is five times as as high. Mm-hmm. You you go from making um, an annual per capita of say five hundred dollars per person in Haiti to about twenty five hundred annually um, in the Dominican Republic. Um, anywho, and, and when we first crossed the border. Uh, for a while, I was looking at some of the buildings off on the sides, and they were kind of crumbling, and it was hard to tell, like, well, is this from the earthquake, or is this just the way <laughs> things are? Because in the Dominican Republic, a lot of times, you know, you got dilapidated buildings and, and half-finished um, constructions. Mm-hmm. And then when you got closer and closer into Port-au-Prince, it was, it was very clear um, what the destruction was, and that it was, it was from the earthquake. But um, one of the most significant infrastructure differences between Haiti and the Dominican is the roads in Haiti are just terrible. I mean, to get 10 miles down the road can take well over an hour when there hasn't been just some kind of a disaster because the roads are in such poor shape that, you know, good luck getting anywhere and anything that isn't a four-wheel drive, and even then it's it's a slow crawl. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was actually one of those things. After the earthquakes actually that that following weekend i was i was over town and i actually had gotten up early because i had to get back across 
on the ferry to get back to work, but I was watching the CBS News program, the, whatever they had at, at 6 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and they were actually going over the history and, and just hearing and, and seeing how much the French screwed over the Haitians just... I started. I was livid for most of the day. <laughs> it's like if I needed another reason to hate the French, because <laughs> I mean, we. I mean, some people. Most people know some of the history. I mean, that Haiti and Dominican Republic at one point in time were one, were one group. They were one colony from Spain, and then after the French conquered Mexico, they, uh, in part of the peace deals, they got half of Hispaniola instead of the whole thing. So that kind of worked out, but they used it primarily as for sugar plantations and other sort of tropical foods, and it was their only real place to grow that sort of stuff because it was kind of their only inroads. And to do that, of course, they did what everybody, all the other European countries did to North America. They brought over slaves. Mm -hmm. And so you have a country that was it was 90% slave who at one point in time they just got fed up and figured out what was going on and overthrew the French, and the French made them pay for every single person who revolted. So they had to actually pay restitution for the value of the people, which is just a weird concept to even say out loud. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the things that they didn't get the debt paid off until 1949, which is one of the biggest reasons people say Haiti is the way it is right now. I mean, if they if the French had actually been humane about it, just forgotten about it at some point in time, there would have been they'd be much better off, and they probably wouldn't have had such a big disaster from the from the earthquake, at at the very least, and at the most they might actually be one of the one of the more populous and uh, prosperous countries in the Caribbean. So, yeah, the uh, uh, one of those other things I, I you also learn by. Not only watching TV, but also reading Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the French certainly didn't didn't do the Haitians uh, any favors, and and one of the cultural differences um, you see between Haitians and Dominicans is the Haitians identify don't identify themselves really with being French mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever, <clears throat> because like you mentioned, there's an obvious history there. Oh yeah, uh, that would prevent that. Whereas Things um, things weren't nearly as uh, as bad in parting between the Spanish and the Dominicans, and so um, Dominicans, whether they may be just as black as their their Haitian neighbor next door, mm-hmm. um, identify themselves more as Spanish, right? And so then they especially will look down as these at these African yeah. Haitians when they're these these African Dominicans, not, not exactly pure blooded, <laughs> but maybe pure minded. Um, Spaniards, and that's that was the historical case. However, one of the most positive things, if you can take any positives out of something like this earthquake, has been um, the way the Dominican Republic responded uh, afterward was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, with with real limited resources themselves, they were the first ones in there, and just continue to keep pumping uh, money and energy and resources. And um, the relations between the two countries are. We're st- sort of uh, slowly, gradually starting to get a little bit better in the mm-hmm. last few years, but um, after the earthquake, it's just it's been at a, perhaps an all-time high, and um, 
the the question now will be is is that sustainable? You know, there's there's issues on the horizon such as Haitians, um, you know, possibly flowing into the Dominican Republic in, in unprecedented numbers, mm-hmm. just because because uh, things get more and more desperate there, and and the uh, the rebuilding, whether it's going to uh, to ever happen or not, it's at least going to take a really long time and. Not everybody has the time to be to be patient, right? I mean, there. I, I mean that still goes back to I mean the uh, story is actually still coming out now about how um, Haitian parents are abandoning their abandoning their children in hopes they'll be picked up by uh, by uh, rescue workers and orphanages and taken out of the country hmm. just so they can have a, a better life, which. I can see that being such a, a big sacrifice, but I mean we all have that little that little twinge in our in the back of our mind of that's just not quite conscionable there. Well, and most mm. likely they're not getting picked up by anybody good. They could be picked up by sex slaves or voodoo people that sacrifice children. Exactly. So when you mentioned before, I mean essentially the, the in a lot of cases Haiti can be described um as a hell on earth and um it's it's really puts a face on it when you think of their parents that get so desperate that that becomes in their mind the best thing they can do for their children mm-hmm. is just to abandon them and hope that somebody else who has some kind of better resources better situation will well and, and that pity upon and that's them. why you can see like with the um the idaho missionaries who were down there why you can see how they were able to easily grab a whole bunch of kids and try to take them to the dominican republic which Granted, it's not the best solution, but it would at least give them a better chance at some level. And that that when that story broke too, from the perspective of being the Dominican Republic, that came as a surprise to everyone because the rumor on the Dominican side of the island was that you could take any Haitian child with with or without paperwork, take them out of the country because. You know the Haitians, the Dominicans, and the American governments had all agreed that was okay. And I was hearing this from a lot of a lot of people, and I I had to be real skeptical from the beginning, especially uh, when you know, I was hearing that the the American government was taking in people like that. I was like, really? That doesn't seem to jive with the way our country has ever operated. No. I mean, I know this is a pretty unprecedented sort of thing, but uh, for some very good reasons, that's not not probably a good idea and you know you saw when when that arrest was made and there's been some some subsequent things that yeah you, you want to help and you probably definitely want to make the adoption process uh, a lot a lot simpler than it was and you know it was taking six and seven years and a lot of money and a lot of time for for people who wanted to adopt children but you got to have some kind of safeguards in place because Whatever the intentions might have been for this missionary group, um, there are other people out there that are not going to have the best of intentions and yeah. going to make a bad situation worse. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's that's true most places in the world. That's I mean, even even in progressive Europe and and uh, and the U.S. I mean, it's those sorts of things still happen all the time. It's one of those. One of the se- the seedy underbelly of of human society. It's makes you wonder. It makes you one makes you wonder why anyone trusts anyone sometimes. When you when you see those sorts of things and hear about them. Yeah, I mean when certain things happen to 
to people that have no other recourse than to just lose lose any faith and any ability to trust in anyone. Yeah, which is one of those reasons why you have to have you have to have at least some sort of belief in in something better. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether that's an ideal an idea or I mean a higher power. I mean, either way, you have to have something. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself uh, not really willing to uh, to go through life as it is, just with all the the way things are and not being able to make any sort of change to it. So, Well, on that note, we're going to take another break and then we'll come back, wrap this up and see if we can't find something better to do with our time. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another song from Fatboy Roberts and you're, of course, listening to Glass Onion Radio, the show.
Well, and we're back. Glass Indian Radio, the show. Of course, uh, hopefully you guys are listening to us through iTunes. We are on the iTunes podcast section for anybody who's interested. Uh, of course, you always know Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Glass Indian Radio. So, Sean and Vanessa, I know you guys uh, want to get out of here here soon. So, anything? We have ice cream cake awaiting us. Uh-huh. Ah. Even well, though we're You're crazy. lucky you've held on to us for this long. <laughs> perfectly honest. Well, yeah, it'd be kind of nice if the studio had heat, but <laughs> that, that's, in, that's once we actually like close off the rest of the garage and put up egg crate foam and all that sort of stuff, which will probably when, be next When month. listeners start sending in donations, hint. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there, there is a donation button on the website, but I don't actually expect anything considering nobody else ever gets anything anymore. <laughs> Everyone's a little too, uh, too thrifty. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Out, yeah. Well, yeah. it's not too cold because we were just outside watching a little league game, and that was freezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four walls help. Yes. Yeah. Big yeah. improvement by this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but you had you said you had a story you wanted to share. Yeah, we. we uh, you know, we were um, all in all looking forward to to getting back home, getting back on American soil, and then we arrived in the Miami airport, and it. For a moment, for a little bit, it, it still didn't feel like we we maybe quite had. Uh, I was speaking with the the uh, the custodian cleaning up the the restroom um, when I had to make a pit stop, first pit stop back in America, and right. he was uh, Haitian, so I got a chance to to use my uh, bare minimum handful of, of Creole <laughs> phrases in conversation with him. But he was he was pretty happy to do it, and then um, <clears throat> we were uh, we were flying with the uh, director of our school we taught in and her, and her husband and um, actually the saw them off. Church. Yeah, saw them off to uh, their connecting flight, which was taking them to D.C., and then we were uh, hopping to Dallas next before we were getting to get to Seattle. And um, in talking and, and eating with them, we uh, lost track of time, so to speak, and uh, found ourselves at the uh, gate for our own connection to dallas uh with the door sealed up and nobody, nobody there at the counter anymore so but the plane was still there well, that, yeah that, that's yeah that years, was of course doubly frustrating so we uh we're kicking ourselves and we're walking back toward the uh rebooking counter wondering uh okay am i gonna end up stuck spending the night in dallas tonight after I, <laughs> they get me on to a later flight which is probably gonna cost an arm and a leg but mm. uh we get up to the counter, we uh, explain everything that happened, and um, as uh, as I said before, we kept finding ourselves in the, the right places at the right times, and, and in this case, we found the right person at the right time. Uh, <laughs> the, the gal at the ticket counter um, was Dominican, which isn't a huge surprise. There's a pretty good Dominican population in Miami, but uh, I think she took particular uh, uh, pity upon us when... She, we've learned that she was from Puerto Plata, which is our, our favorite city, a mm-hmm. uh, city of any size in the Dominican Republic, up on the north coast, where it's just beautiful. And um, not only that, but she had graduated from Pullman High School. <laughs> and uh, being Washington State Cougars, we spent our, our two years um, 
there in Pullman, and uh, she had family ties also to Puyallup, Washington, where I had worked for uh, a year as a sports editor for the Herald there. So nice, just small world, and uh, she put us on the next flight, and we made it to our connecting flight in Dallas, and made it back in Seattle on time. Well, that was lucky. Yep. Yeah. No. No sweat. <coughs> really, when all was said and done, and and just yeah, another realization that. Uh, Wow, it really is a, a small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always takes a little getting used to you. You run into people from wherever wherever you're from. You always run into somebody from that same area, regardless of where you go in the world. Mm-hmm. My parents they took the uh, Queen Mary two from they did it. They'd gone from New York to Southampton once, and they've gone from Southampton to New York twice. Every single time, they have found there's been somebody. In the waiting staff or in the in the staff on the boat, who's from Seattle? <laughs> and in fact, the last time they went, not only did they find someone from Seattle, they actually found someone from the same county my mom grew up in in Nova Scotia. Wow! So it was kind of one of those interesting little things. I think they after she got off work one night, they just spent like two or three hours reminiscing about about the Annapolis Valley. So. <laughs> Definitely, definitely an interesting thing to think about. I mean, just yeah. like, and it's actually one of the things my dad says. Well, you, he's little anecdote. He uh, he was in the navy for twenty years, and one time he was actually in England at a, and he they were stopped in for some sort of uh, debriefing before they came back to the states, and he ran into. A guy he went to high school with, who wasn't in the Navy, but he was working at the bar in England. <laughs> uh-huh. And he was like, small world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, the, I've, I've just always been, always keep my eyes open. I mean, we had a, we, we, when we went to high school, there was a kid named Colin we went to school with who, I mean, he went as an exchange student to Australia for a year and came back. Well, Funny thing was, I was flying through Minneapolis-St. Paul on my way to college for the first term and ran into him going back to Seattle. <laughs> we were just – because, I mean, it's Minneapolis, so it's northwest. So, but we would just happen to be in, in gates next to each other. <laughs> it was like, okay, this kind of screws with my head a little bit. But you, you always had to – Keep your eyes out because you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah, and then to me, the amazements never cease. Um, I've met people from Mukilteo mm-hmm. who don't know where would be island is. <laughs> Yet I've met people in Europe who do. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I went to I went to college with a guy who lives down in Federal Way. He always, whenever I said I lived on Woodby <coughs> Island, he thought I meant Bainbridge Island. Every <laughs> single time, I had to, no, 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 further north. Further north, another another hour north on I five. There are ferries that you know leave other docks than Seattle and the Coleman Dock. Well, and and in fact, uh, the co-host of Fun Employment Radio that we actually broadcast here, uh, she actually her dad was in the Navy and she spent about three years living in Oak Harbor, which of course, as anyone from the South End will attest, is not a nice place to be living, <laughs> and she she agrees so. This and I, talk, I talked to her about Woodby Island. She's like, "You live on Woodby Island? You live in Oak Harbor?" No, 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 no. I live in the good part of Woodby Island. I live in the place actually I want to live for the rest of my life, <laughs> if I can help it. <laughs> so, 
Well, it was nice to have you guys in. I know it, I know you guys have been real stressed out trying to get everything taken care of you need to take care of since you got back. But mm-hmm. I know it's a it's always a pain when you first come back from being away for a while. You've got all this business to take care of and people yeah. to see. It was good to take a little time out, though. There was no stress here. I'm not running the boards. That's your job. So. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. true. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm doing it for the first time by myself. So, <laughs> of course, we all know it's all it's all hit and miss, and all the music's coming off my iPhone. So it's uh, it's kind of fun that way. Don't have uh, Johnny and his uh, his computer. Well, his new computer finally arrived, but I can't touch it till he gets back. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening to Glass Onion Radio, the show. A uh, little, little pimpin' for some friends. Uh, Court and Fatboy at pdx.fm every weekday at 10 a.m. We have Ham-Fisted Radio with Don Taylor every Wednesday at, at 4 on pdx.fm. Fun Employment Radio, of course, on this very fine internet broadcasting station every day at 10 o'clock, although... That'll probably be changing to noon here within the next uh, six or eight weeks. And, of course, Geek in the City Radio, every Friday here at 8 a.m. and p.m., and all weekend long. So, have a good day, everyone. Remember, glassonyradio at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of us, and let us know what your feelings are about this and any sort of programming changes or programming ideas you have. Thank you for listening, and... Good day.
Solid ground.